0: Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number fifty-nine, and I'm your host Rachel Anthony. And today I am sharing with you an interview I just did with Arshin, who is the founder of Daraja, which is a nonprofit organization that is based in Canada, um, but she works and lives in Zanzibar, and that is where all of the work from the foundation is done. Her main project that she's been working on since she started is helping youth in an orphanage that she had initially volunteered at before she started this and she was just traveling abroad after university and so she shares how she ended up living in zanzibar and how she decided to start this charity to help youth and how she's taken her initial initiative which was working with the orphanage and really providing opportunities and support for these youth into some of the new recent projects which include a transition house so the the kids that become adults when they turn 18 they can um, move to these this transition house which can help them just keep going with their life and have the support that they need to either continue their education or start a job and so talks about what that is like and some of the people and youth that she has worked with and their success story she talks about um, a couple that have started a business they've created a skincare business um, and another one who has a full time job at a hotel but had got an education for it and it's all very inspiring to listen to where these youth are coming from and what they can do when they have the support that they need um, in their life so Arsheen is very inspiring and this is an awesome organization and I'm glad that I'm able to share her story on this podcast so I hope you like it and please check out Draja after you listen to this and what they're doing um, over there in Zanzibar so let us get into it here is Arsheen. cool well let's start then do you want to start with introducing yourself
1: okay yeah so my name is Arshin. I was born and raised in Calgary, and graduated from U of C as a nurse. I worked in healthcare for a nonprofit organization, and then started a nonprofit organization, which led to me moving and settling abroad.
0: That's awesome. And before we get, actually, before we even get into that, how do you pronounce the foundation's name?
1: Um, it's pronounced the Raja
0: to Raja okay I was reading it and I was trying to say it out loud and I was like I don't know how to say this um before we get into what that is um how long were you a nurse for like what was that kind of transition um and working for a non-profit how what was the kind of timeline and journey for that
1: okay um I I finished school in 2010 so I worked as a nurse in Calgary until 2015, so five years with the same company. Um, it was also a nonprofit organization and charity um, in Calgary, so I traveled all over Alberta as a registered nurse and worked in the community uh, in different areas in Alberta um, in prevention, actually.
0: Okay, cool. And so you're currently in Zanzibar, correct? Yeah, yes. I'm currently in Zanzibar. Um, and what initially drew you to th- that city? Like, did you travel there before, or what was really the draw for that?
1: So, I came to Zanzibar for the first time in 2003, and that was just part of a, an East Africa trip that we did as a family. Um, but when I graduated nursing school, I thought maybe first I will travel abroad to get some experience, um, and then come back to Calgary and apply for a job. So uh, I just I decided Zanzibar because I have uh, family roots here. My, my grandfather on my dad's side was born here and my grandmother on my mom's side was born in Zanzibar and it's a small island and uh, I thought, you know, let me just go, go there, learn more about my roots and culture and our background and at the same time, I'm a new nurse, I can go and get some experience and, and then go from there. So that's why I chose Zanzibar.
0: Okay, that's cool. Um, and do you want to now tell us what the... Okay, I feel like I need to say it again. <laughs> the Daraja? Was that how you say it? Daraja?
1: Daraja. Daraja yep.
0: Foundation. Um, can you tell us what it is and what do you do?
1: Daraja actually means bridge in Swahili, which is the language that's spoken here in Tanzania. Um, the foundation is a Canadian nonprofit corporation and a registered charity. And I guess with the name itself, it it's a metaphor, so the aim is to to bridge people, to connect people like volunteers, donors, and other organizations um, to support programs in health and education. So um, at the moment in Zanzibar, we are working particularly with youth, and we have different programs in, in health, in education, in supporting life skills, and supporting transition into adulthood. So um, yeah, that's that's what we do. We have other programs as well. So we've done some projects with the hospital uh, here, and also with a local school and the local orphanage. So there's different uh, aspects in which we work. But the whole idea is to is to support education, health, and connect people.
0: Right. And so you like lots of the volunteers actually live there. So you're bringing like the community together. Is that correct, or is it mostly yeah, people yeah, coming so- over?
1: Both. there are local volunteers um, a lot of people are, are involved uh, students themselves that are that are also beneficiaries they also use their time to, to help with the programs themselves and then we also have a volunteer abroad program so we have volunteers that travel here and stay for a certain amount of time and help with the ongoing project. Or we have volunteers that are involved in the operations of the whole organization. So they're working from different parts of the world on, let's say, our finances or (laughs) our finances or um, like the website and the implementation of our programs.
0: And so do you want to share with us the journey of how and why you decided to start this foundation, Um, like from Calgary and then...
1: Yeah, so when I first came to Zanzibar, as a volunteer myself, um, and then I came back to Calgary and got a job, I kept coming back every year to Zanzibar to, to do the same thing. So I visited the same orphanage, I, you know, volunteered in the same hospital, and, you know, the experience was, was supporting me and changing me. I'm not sure what I did in that short time, you know, really made an impact, but... I saw a few gaps that existed in a few areas, and one was with the populations I was working with, and then two was a gap um, for people like me that were traveling abroad and and trying to get this experience. And so I thought, you know, maybe I can create something that helps people who want to volunteer and travel do it with ease, with um, feeling there's a support system behind them, and and also we can create projects that are sustainable and that have an end goal, so that when volunteers come, they're part of a bigger picture. So then I thought the only way we can really do that is do it under the umbrella of a nonprofit organization or a charity, so that we can connect volunteers, connect people, raise funds, and implement programs and make a difference.
0: And when did you start it? Sorry, I feel like I might have missed that at the beginning.
1: That's okay. Um, I started it in 2013. So the first time I came here was 2010. But And then, you know, in those three years when I was coming back and forth, I even came with my sister again. I brought a friend from, from work with me and I was able to show them, you know, what's here and the ideas I had. And so, yeah, so then in 2013, I actually got a board of directors together and then we incorporated the organization.
0: Cool. And so you incorporated it in Canada. So is the board in Canada or do you have board members over there as well?
1: So it's registered here as well. So we have a board, um, a board of directors in Canada. And then also for the local organization of Daraja here, we have a board of trustees. After we incorporated in Canada, we also incorporated here.
0: Cool. Gotcha. And... um, So obviously you based it in Zanzibar, and just because you had been traveling there and you got to know the people, was there any thoughts of um, going somewhere else to start it, or do you have any plans for expanding the reach for volunteers and for the community?
1: I think at the moment we will stick to Zanzibar because we've recently implemented a long-term program and we will be investing a lot into... um, you know, the supporting the life of individual people that transition outside of an orphanage, and I think with um with with what we're focusing right on right now, we'll be sticking to just Zanzibar and also to a smaller population. We're working with one orphanage.
0: Gotcha. Um,
1: if the concept, yeah, if the concept that we are implementing works, um, we're we're trying transition housing here, then yeah, then I think it's it would have the ability to expand, and we can do that with partner organizations, or if we're big enough, we can we can expand as well.
0: Cool. And was the orphanage the first project you worked on? I know you said you have multiple projects. Was that the initial one that you started with, um, with the foundation?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was the initial one, because the the first orphanage I visited when I came in 2010 is the same orphanage that we work with now, so it's been nine years. And it's been really nice because I've, you know, I've been part of the growth of the, the kids themselves. So um, now that we, we are here and we've known them for many years and we've had many volunteers come and so much support from other organizations, it's like we can implement our own program. And we saw the biggest gap was the transition when they leave the orphanage. So this is our main, our main focus. We started with the orphanage, and we're going long-term with the same orphanage.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And you mentioned uh, before that when you just traveled the first time, you were there for a short period of time, so you didn't know if, like, you made an impact or not. But now that you've been there for so many years, um, can you describe the feeling of getting to see how your work is directly impacting uh, these people, like the volunteers and the people in the orphanage?
1: Yeah, you know... I think um, it started with a very small small initiative, like buying some things for, or raising funds to buy some small necessities for, for kids at, at the orphanage to actually implementing a, a program where you can see something through. So, so there's one child who grew up and then they turn 18 and then they leave the orphanage and then they require some, you know, continued education or training, and then they get a job. So that's, that's very rewarding when you can see this process over a certain amount of years. And I can see from point A to point B, they're living independently outside of the orphanage, they have integrated into society and are, you know, and, and are able to, to live their lives and make a living. So that's the most rewarding part is to, to is the
0: follow-through right yeah and like watching them grow up and make a difference in their own lives yeah um, and how yeah. so I know you focus on the orphanage but how do you decide if you're gonna take on a new project or start a new project um, or if there's like another group of people you wanted to help or how do you make that decision
1: hi uh, generally it's it's asking the community members themselves. So whether it's the orphanage we're working with, asking the youth themselves, the ones that had left before. Um, you know, we said, what are your challenges? What do you think we can do differently? So the idea is, I mean this even the transition program that came from from youth that have actually left the orphanage before and or adults now. And they said this is what we this is what we needed when we left. So it's asking them. Um, so networking. Uh, when we met with, um, when we work with another school, Zanzibar uh, Learning for Life Foundation, basically we just assess the needs and see what's, what's missing, or where, you know, what can be done differently and what gaps can we fill. So it's, it's all through discussions uh, with the community members themselves and then discussions with the board of directors and then you basically come up with an agreement with the resources we have and then support in that way.
0: Cool. Um, And what have been some of the greatest rewards and also some of the greatest challenges um, since running Daraja?
1: I think the greatest rewards would be that same change that I described. Um, The fact that I moved here and I can can see things through and also have the ability to, to train others to do the same, and this is long term think the, the greatest rewards are seeing changes and are meeting milestones and moving forward and thinking big um, but yeah the the challenges I think there's there's many challenges but they're they're okay and manageable um, I think one of the biggest ones is you're always thinking about the sustainability of organization itself um, all the, and that's pretty big, all the way to thinking about the challenges of one individual um, that that person's facing at school, for example. So they vary. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess the biggest, the biggest challenge is the, is the big picture. You, you've, you know, you've come into the life of this person and you want to make sure you can do the best you can for that person. And um, that's why you're always thinking about, about maintaining what you've created. And yeah, it's not it's not easy, but I mean we're still here and we're still going strong. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and can you share like a story or two of a couple people that you've helped through the foundation? Like maybe people or youth that were there and that have graduated from the orphanage, or left and have been in your transition yeah. housing. Do you want to share some of those? Yeah.
1: Um, well, for example, there was uh, there was one youth who left the orphanage when he was 17 and at that time we were also working well we currently are as well but we had just started a bike shop business with the school so when he when he left the orphanage we connected him with the school and um, at the school he was he got involved with this this bike shop, and we had started this bike shop program with bicycles for humanity and the school Zanzibar Learning for Life. And basically, it was a student-run initiative, and they were trying to to learn about um, bike repairs and, and skills about business, and um, basically as an initiative to create sustainability for that school. So he he was involved in the club of the bike shop, and then after being involved there, he kind of he graduated and he was able to continue his education with uh, an organization called Kawa Training Center, which we sponsored. And at that time, he still needed some support, so he moved into the transition house, uh, which we managed, and he's been living there. He completed the Kawa Training Center course in hospitality. He did some training in different hotels, which is where he found he really enjoyed. And then recently, he just signed a full-time contract with one of the hotels that he was interning at and i mean for me that's a big success story you know to to go from leaving the orphanage and then experiencing different areas of education to training to acquiring a job and now he'll be ready to leave the transition house at some point so yeah that's that's one story of success
0: yeah wow that's amazing to hear Um, And do you, like, do you stay in contact with him? Like, will you as he, like, continues on? Um, Or do you have, like, a mentor program where he could come back?
1: Yes, he has a mentor. Um, If there there is a resident in the transition house, they're all paired with a mentor. So his mentor will be a part of his future as well. Um, Also, he's going to, he'll be working away, but he'll be coming to the transition house to visit. So he's going to be involved um, with the organization and and he will see me a lot as well. Um, when he's ready, he also wants to become a mentor himself to be paired up with one of the young adults that are moving into the transition house. So um, yeah, I mean, he, he will always be involved with Duraja and uh, even if he's he's working and not always available, but he does want to keep connected. Oh, That's
0: amazing. Do you find that you have a lot of those type of success stories for youth that are um, in orphanage, go to the transition house? Like, is that a, a common thing and find a job?
1: Yes, we've supported youth that leave the orphanage and um, or in the community, but the transition house is quite a new program. So that's something that we're piloting now but before there was a transition house we were we were helping them in kind of an outreach way so yeah we do have um, several success stories like that and also with students at, at the school that we worked with we, we did some follow-through with them so at the school we had different clubs we had that bike shop um, we had a chicken farm we had a nutrition club and the students that graduated from these clubs were also given sponsorships. And then we, we see those through as well. So if they've finished or graduated um, at a college or uh, in a training program, we, we follow through to see if, if, if they've acquired a job. And if not, we try to to look for jobs for them. And okay. some have even started their own business as
0: well. Oh, that's awesome. Do you want to share, do you have a specific story for someone that has
1: started their own business? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for example, we had we had some girls that were students of the school and uh, we had SAIT here from Alberta, students from SAIT. And they had come to, uh, to teach about business, the school of business from SAIT. And uh, they, they worked very closely with, with the girls. These girls were part of um, our programs with the school. And then what, what they can do now after they've learned you know, some of the uh, important important things that they need to know about starting their business from, from, say, they were able to apply for a loan, and then we provided them with a loan, and they were selling products, uh, like skincare products, um, that were homemade. And already, they've paid back 50% of the loan, which happened in just about a month. So I think their, their progress is forward. Nothing happens overnight. And, of course, they might face some challenges. But the fact that they've taken a loan and they've paid some money back means that their business is moving forward. And, uh, yeah, that's one example. And it's nice because we've that's an example of, um, of volunteers coming to actually help the students and then the students taking a loan from Daraja.
0: No, that's amazing. That's awesome to hear um, that they even yeah. like, have that opportunity then. I'm sure that obviously you feel really good about that so that they they probably would never have started a business otherwise
1: yeah yeah that's true and and of course there's you know there are some business startups that don't always work you know and that will happen anywhere in the world but if that's the case uh, the whole point is for us to be here and to support them regardless so if something fails you just you help get them back on their feet you provide the the skills the mentorship the guidance and then and start again
0: no that's awesome um and what kind of lessons have you learned about business on that side from running the foundation and then also just life in general um since moving there and running this this business
1: um i think whether it's a nonprofit or for-profit or you know whatever it may be i think running a business is not easy and in the beginning you're wearing many hats. I mean, from doing the website to administration to finances and, and um, to the whole vision. But I, I think you know they're quite exciting challenges. And as you move forward and grow bigger, you get a lot of people that want to be involved. And it doesn't mean that they need to volunteer abroad. It means that they can help um, with the operations of the organization. So. So now the jobs have kind of spread out, and there are people that have a role in very many aspects of the organization. So the challenges are are becoming less, and it's moving nicely and smoothly. Um, and we have a lot of support and a great team. So so that's quite nice. And um, yeah, and about and again about business and uh, non profit world is. You know we're with, um, with trying to make a difference in lives it doesn't always need to be about the quantity or the number of people or the number of items or or you know um, there are big organizations that can handle that but I think when you're looking at a grassroots organization that's that's focusing on going from the bottom up and really focusing on people it's really important to focus on the quality of the services you're providing so you know we're not helping hundreds of of people or we're not you know solving problems in a in, a, in an area where people who uh need food right away or shelter right away we're working with a specific population on a specific task so we're helping them transition and the main thing is to have the quality there and and it's not about the numbers it's about making a difference in in that person's life and making sure that they feel the support network that you're providing. Uh, yeah. And then I guess it's the same, it's the same with life. Um, it's all, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. There's a lot to learn out there, which is why I, I really promote traveling and um, experiencing different cultures and different ways of life. I ended up moving here, but it's, um, it's so interesting what's out there and what you can learn about yourself, about, what you get involved in about business, about life. So um, I'm really happy that I started the foundation, and I'm so happy that many people are involved in helping it grow because, you know, wherever Dharaj is today, it's not because of me. It's definitely because of everybody else that's done something to help it grow. So, yeah.
0: No, I love that. And how many people do you have working for you? Um like, what kind of team size do you have?
1: Yeah, well, we have about, I would say, 12 people. So there are, everyone has, like, a, a certain role, but then there are also more people up to 20 that I can reach out to for a specific thing. You know, maybe it's um, help with graphic design or help with writing. Um, but our core team that works on specific um, departments, we have about 12 people.
0: And is that all based in Zanzibar, or do you have people that are also here in Canada?
1: In, yeah, they're in Canada.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: So, yeah, they're, they're helping with the, the implementation, organization, operational side of things. And then here in Zanzibar, there's two of us basically running the programs. So it's myself and uh, my colleague Salama.
0: Do you find that hard, having the, like, difference... The time difference and like the country difference when running a team, or have you kind of found processes and systems that make it easier?
1: I think uh, it can be hard. It can be difficult. Uh, if there is a, you know, if if there's a deadline or something needs to be done, I know that sometimes they're waiting for me or vice versa. But you know, it's pretty easygoing, relaxed team, and we work really well together. So we haven't really. You know, notice that, and and they must know by now to keep their phones on silent because we're on opposite time zones. <laughs> <laughs> I do message in the middle of the night, so. But I think yeah, they're they're okay, and I uh, we have a good system. We try to get things done early, so we're not uh, messaging each other in different time zones at the very end of something.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that can get complicated do you want to i just like added this in as we were talking um do you want to kind of walk us through just like what a day in the life for you is like um like with running the different projects and the orphanage and yeah do you want to talk about yeah
1: okay um okay so i guess first thing in the morning i will catch up with computer work uh I'll go through emails, respond to any inquiries, oversee what's happening with our volunteer abroad program. We get lots of inquiries. Also, um, just general contacts um, with donors, with people interested in learning more. So usually I'm doing that in the morning. Um, During the day, I'm working directly with youth and also our team. So we have our team of mentors and we have our youth um, following up with how everyone is doing. Uh, Sometimes I'm working directly with youth. Um, If We we might have a school visit on one day or a principal parent teacher meeting um, to a medical visit another day to just doing some team building activities together in town. So the days vary, the activities vary. Sometimes they're super busy and sometimes there's time to actually think of new ideas and evaluate ideas so yeah and then there's a lot of individual time spent and also a lot of organizational time spent because you want to make sure the youth are getting what they need the mentors are getting what they need the the operational team and then of course the donors the partner organizations you kind of touch on every part during the day
0: yeah there seems to be a lot of moving parts there but yeah um, and if someone, like, from the business side, if someone uh, was interested in starting a charity, what would your advice be for how they should go about it? Like, what are some of the steps that you had to take for all of this to happen?
1: Um, I think for sure you just want to make sure you have an idea of, of what you want to do, and then start with the why, because it can grow very fast, and you want to make sure you're doing what you started, um, what you intended to initially. So... I think um, in the beginning, when I was trying to figure out, you know, what do I want this to be? You just narrow it down to to the, why am I doing this? And for for Daraja, it was because children don't choose their circumstances. And then when we, I always come back to that, why am I doing this? It's because this person didn't choose to be in this position at this moment. And maybe I can help or we can help make it better. So that's the most important thing: is to know why you're doing it. And then, two would be to do your reading. Um, starting a Canadian nonprofit online, it's you can do it online first of all, and it's not. Yeah, there's a lot of reading and a lot of work to do, but it's it's not impossible. It's quite user friendly. The website. Um, the if you start by reading the Canadian Nonprofit Act, you can see what's required of you. You can see what you need to do as as an organization Um, the Canada Revenue Agency website is very good too to apply as a charitable organization and the forms I mean they they even have guides for you to be able to complete the forms so so the government is set up to support you to start your non-governmental organization and you just want to make sure you go in knowing what is expected of you to maintain the organization and then you just have to have no fear into starting it you know just take the next step and go ahead and move along and eventually you'll have this entity
0: there no that's awesome it just I love keeps that. going. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah just go with the flow and keep keep yeah. your passion there exactly and mm-hmm. if people want to get involved specifically with Duraja, what are some of the options for them
1: uh, well we can always grow our internal team so that's working on things like grant writing, uh, networking, uh, working on programs. We have a we have an internal team, so it's easy. You can just send an email to volunteer at daraja.ca or info at daraja.ca and get involved that way. Um, if you wanted to travel abroad, you would do the same thing and apply through our website. And if you have an idea or something you want to propose, then yeah, send us an email. We're there.
0: Yeah, and they can just just ask. <laughs> hmm
1: yeah.
0: And where can people find and connect with you online? What's your Instagram handle for either yourself, um, but also for Duraja and the website?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, for Duraja it's... For Instagram, it's at Duraja Foundation. And then for myself, it's at Arshindala. It's just my name. And um, we, we also have our website com, and then we're, we can you can find us also on Facebook and Twitter but we are mostly active on Instagram.
0: Awesome well thank you so much for joining me I know it's a little bit complicated to set up this, this call but I'm glad we finally got it organized so yeah, thank really you for, <laughs> for sharing
1: yeah thank you very much for listening I appreciate it and, and I love what you're doing and it's very inspiring so thanks
0: yeah you as well i mean podcast and running an orphanage are very <laughs> separate inspiring things but
1: <laughs> yeah but you have you also have a lot of things um that you've started and you're doing too so it's it's quite it's quite nice to see everything
0: awesome well thank you so much for your podcast thank you yeah
1: thank you as well rachel